Hey, Stellar Woman and E-Discovery fans. I'm Mary Rectoris, your host of Stellar Woman and E-Discovery. Stellar Woman and E-Discovery shines a light on female leaders making their mark in E-Discovery. Some of you may be thinking, what is E-Discovery? In short, E-Discovery is about investigating electronic data to find out the truth. This is the first episode of a two-part series of Stellar Woman and E-Discovery that we are calling On the Road. In this On the Road series, I connect with two Stellar Woman and E-Discovery guests at the Women in E-Discovery conference in Austin that happened in May. Joy Morrow and Trisha Johnson talk about all things innovation in this episode of On the Road Part 1. Without further ado, this is part one of Stellar Woman and E-Discovery on the Road. So, Trisha, yeah, we'll start with you. How would you define or describe innovation? A new way of looking at something or a new way to do it. Recognizing that maybe there's a better way to do something. It's not even always necessarily to fix something, but just being creative and taking a new look or a new approach. To me, it's being creative. And as you mentioned, kind of going outside the box and something that's not the norm. It is risky. And so how do you minimize that by being more of a calculated risk, which is to kind of look at the way things are and what you need to change. And again, be more thoughtful in how you design that change. And it should be positive because if it's negative, I don't think it's innovative. (laughs) (laughs) So we're in an industry, legal tech, we're attorneys, law firms, they don't love risk, right? Right. So how do you think the industry's moving towards more innovative thinking? Are we still a ways to go? For me, I think innovation in the law firm side is obviously being pushed by clients. I think we've always been pushed by clients. That's why we're not still in DOS. Clients were going into Microsoft Word. And so even though all the attorneys love were perfect and shift F7, we had to move. So clients have consistently been the one pushing us. And when you look at the adoption of cloud, what used to be, oh no, we'll never go there. But now when companies are actually looking at and moving towards Office's 365 and other cloud-based systems, all of a sudden it does open the door for law firms now to adopt that kind of innovative technology. For me in legal, I was doing for practice support and litigation support specifically, obviously working with technology companies to be innovative, and I'm using air quotes, because was it positive change? Some attorneys probably wouldn't think it was positive to have to do some of the work and the cost that came with it. But for me, it was people. How do we bring innovation to my teams to make us more effective and efficient, Mm -hmm. to streamline our processes? So just like we turn to technology and processes in general to make a a manufacturer effective and efficient, just like Toyota when you think about building cars. But when you think about how a law firm runs, you have lawyers, but you have huge support departments, whether it's word processing or legal secretaries or paralegals or litigation support. These are all people who have to work in concert together to be effective and efficient and minimize those costs to the client. So how do you be innovative in that bringing positive change to people? To me, it's about being innovative in how you look at job descriptions or how you look at fulfilling work orders, if you want to call it that. Um, For example, if I have 15 people, are we all e-discovery project managers? No, Mm -hmm. I stratify that, right? We're going to have people who are intake people. We're going to have analysts who do tasks. We're going to have project managers who are focused on budgets, and some other project managers are awesome at managing external vendors. There are consultants who may or may not be attorneys, but who are advising case teams on their cases. Mm-hmm. So how do you take a team and get creative and innovative on how you're going to actually deliver support and services to the attorneys and their clients? I think being brave and minimizing that risk is important in looking at how you train them in education. That's why now with what I do, really focusing on 
education and kind of building that best practice. Like here is a team that is kind of diverse in its skill set and broad in their offering. That may not work for every law firm. Some law firms are really heavy into outsourcing everything. So maybe you might need three project managers who are all good at outsourcing projects. So those are different. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of be innovative, but yet understand who your audience is to make sure you're bringing that positive change. And someone throws a wrench. Can you maneuver yourself out of that and say, you know what? I, I, I Okay, we just got some new piece of information. We're going to now pivot and go over here. It's not always just, oh yeah, follow these instructions and you'll be okay. But what do you do when it's not okay? And, and where do they go? And how do they communicate? when they How do they requ- ask for help? is teaching people how to say, you know what, don't sit there for five days and, and not tell me you're, you need help because the deadline is in six days, you know? <laughs> yeah. So if you don't have the solution, then raise your hand. Go to someone you trust. If you don't feel like you can go to your boss, then go knock on your neighbor's door. But ultimately, you have to find help and you'll learn. I just had a conversation the other day with somebody who is a sixth grade science teacher. And she was talking about the fact that there was somebody who... He wasn't doing well on the tests, but he knows the stuff. So he'd done one test and completely failed it. She let him do an open book and he passed it, obviously with open book. But she was like, I didn't just let him do open book. I He had to show me where and the exact page and the exact paragraph that he did that. And she's like, and somebody was upset. One of the other teachers was upset that she let him do that. And I'm like, but why? It's only in school that you can't look up the answers. It's only mm-hmm. in school that you're expected to know and memorize and have it right away. And frankly, for me, if I'm working with a vendor or a partner and they don't want to go look it up, if they just like, this is the answer, whether they're right or wrong, and they just put one down, I'm like, that's not a good partner to work mm-hmm. with. So it was it was just really different aspect of looking at that and teaching people how to think. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's what you were doing. You were teaching this kid how to find the answer more than you were worried about him getting a good grade. And I think that that was just like a totally... It was a different way of doing it than the other teachers were doing, and I think it worked out really well. And that's a whole not norm, mm-hmm. right? The concept yeah. of it taking a risk and not doing what's not normal for positive change because that child needed that. Right. You know, otherwise, it just kind of gets lumped and pushed aside. Mm-hmm. So It's a whole issue about standardized testing, the ACT. <laughs> but it, it was not the idea of teaching people how to think. No, yeah, I agree. approaching it. Look at when I ask someone to research something and they spend like six hours researching. I'm like, so where's the spreadsheet of all the links you went to? What do you mean? Well, I when I go somewhere, I hyper and I, I, I copy and paste the link into an Excel chart. And then when I'm done, I realize, you know, I didn't like that site. It wasn't any good. Zero. And then I go and I just keep putting the links. I go, I really like this one because of this. So that later when I'm done, I can say, well, here, I'm going to filter by one, two, three, four, five, and these are the best links, and here are some great references for you, and I can share it to you. But I now have a repository, like, oh, well, you know, that link wasn't good last time because it was so fluffy, but now we're on a project that I need fluff. Let me go find all the fluffs and say, oh, here's some good stuff to look at a pattern. You know, just being efficient and effective and kind of like a database or like anything. You can't track what you don't measure, and so that's the same thing with research. Just track it. And then you figure out what was good, and then we find out what authors we like reading more because these certain people always seem to have very you know in-depth articles about certain topics in our legal industry. So again, mm-hmm. you can reuse and repurpose that information. So I teach people how to do that. Trisha, Q Discovery. We talked about this in our interview. It's all about innovation, right? And you guys had Q Mobile, which was a Community Choice Innovation Award 2017. Yes, yes. yes. It was which very was, exciting. It was a really awesome. cool app. So. 
are you seeing the same thing where your clients are demanding? I know a lot of your clients are law firms, right? The law firms, and we do have corporations as well for our clients. But yeah, I definitely would say a lot of the innovation comes from what are the clients looking for? The law firms, the corporations, they're willing to do things a little bit differently. They want to see things differently. Q-Mobile came directly from we were looking for a solution for how do you get stuff from mobile into relativity? So our team sat down together. We had our project manager who said, I've got, we have clients who want this. What's out there? Couldn't find it. So they sat down with our forensics team, with some of our developers, with our processing team. So we had this great group of people from across the company come up with a solution. I mean, it took a few trials and errors and stuff. So I think that that's part of innovation is what's this one problem that we've got, but also looking at it. I love your idea of the innovation with people. And I would say that we do a lot of it and looking at what are the processes, what's the workflow, and you can be innovative without creating a new piece of technology. Whenever you think innovation, especially in legal tech, you're like, oh, what's the new technology? What's the new hot thing? Where are we going? And there is a lot of that, but I think there's also a lot that fits around on how am I using this technology? Where where can I make it better? How can I apply my process, my workflow to relativity? Since everybody's using relativity, how can I be unique and innovative and different about it? So Joy, what's once a time that you've been very innovative in your career? What's a moment that sticks out? Uh, very innovative. Or innovative. Or innovative. <laughs> Less pressure. Uh, like, I'm like, yeah, I guess for me, reinventing myself and being innovative with where my career was going and what I'm doing with it in regards to positive change, being creative, acceptance and adoption. Like if it's an innovative technology or plan, whatever it is, if it's not accepted as something that's needed, like you had to calculate risk, like clients were asking for something. If you create something that no one uses, and is it really innovative because it's not, it's not creating any change, it's not uh, being adopted, then is that really innovative? So for me, starting my own company and focusing on education first and looking back and saying, you know, we don't have this pipeline we've been struggling with hiring new lit support people or practice support people, mm -hmm. people who I now coined paratechnicals that can bridge that gap between lawyers and IT to make sure we're using the best technology and working with the rest of the best vendors out there for our cases. Where are we getting those people? And it used to be, oh, it's okay. We'll just take from one firm and another firm and we'll slowly introduce one or two people that somehow fall into it like I fell into it. All of a sudden, it's not just for the big law firms anymore. It's all the law firms need lit support or paratechnicals. You have vendors who all need these people. You have software companies who need these people. And now you have government agencies who need these people. So all of a sudden, bringing training and education to our industry and saying, I need to be innovative in how we train and get people onboarded into our legal technology arena faster. You even add corporations, right? You have legal operations teams now taking from past lit support teams because they're working in owning their own relativity or using rel one or you know when you look at it they are actually working with outside counsel and some of the outside counsel they don't have a lit support team because they don't have that really uh, they don't have access to resources to bring them on board mm -hmm. um, paralegal schools are now starting to teach i teach at usa paralegal school so i try to make sure we're giving a broad understanding of legal technology not just the specific e-discovery courses from information governance to m a all the different things that we use in the legal practice so i think to me my business was what I did to be innovative for myself, but hopefully innovative for our industry to help create this pipeline of new people into our work environments. Love it.
Trisha, what about you? Whether Q Discovery or another time, and I we talked to you were in healthcare as well. Right. So I would say the couple of ways that I've been innovative in the, the same path for it is walking into a company that hasn't had marketing before. So really taking that innovation on how I'm innovating the company and how they deal with marketing. Q Discovery. I was the first full-time marketing person. And then at a couple previous positions, I've been that for that full-time marketing person internally. So it's really trying to be innovative about what I'm doing and that positive change, taking that for the company, helping a company realize what they're really good at. And I've picked companies that I think are pretty cool companies that are doing some fun and innovative things and helping them recognize that yes, this is innovative. This is a little bit different than what else is out there. And we're a pretty cool company. Let's talk about ourselves. Kind of taking that approach with my marketing. And I'd say that's what the innovative thing is. Having that faith, like taking mm-hmm. that leap of faith to walk into a company that doesn't have a set marketing department and create it and build it out and get people thinking about marketing and thinking about how do I talk about my company and how do I promote my company in a way that people realize how cool of a company we are. Jumping in with a quick plug, the Stellar Woman in eDiscovery podcast is celebrated at Relativity's annual fall conference through our live award ceremony in Chicago. Each year, we recognize the stellar woman in the field who embodies this podcast's core values, elevating women in tech, breaking barriers, mentoring others, and paying it forward. Know someone who comes to mind? Nominate her at RelativityFest.com. What are your guys' thoughts? Last year, we added the people-centric awards. We've traditionally done only tech awards. So what did, was your initial thought when you learned we added the awards, and what value do you think they bring? It was real. All these companies and innovations involves all the different people, right? Whether it's the UI, you know, the UX design people, the front end GUI people, or it's the back end coders, or it's the people who test it, or it's the project managers who are actually working and they hear about the things that they need, that all the innovation in regards to technology is, is built by individuals. So I thought it was so awesome to have individual categories. I didn't even know I was going to be nominated at all, right? So it wasn't even about that. It was, this is an awesome, again, celebration that someone is actually going to recognize individuals. And like they said, just to be even nominated is an honor. And when they do like the Academy Awards, right? Right. <laughs> but, but just that, I think it was special in that I was really happy that Relativity continues to kind of bring and build a community. And that to me was, it would reinforce more this concept of thinking about others, thinking about who to take a moment and think about who did affect your life or who did have bring positive change to you as an individual. What lawyer is this great evangelist going out there outside their comfort zone sometimes in some situations or litigation support professionals who are really, I don't say killing themselves, but working all the time. <laughs> killing right? it. Yeah, killing yeah. it, killing it um, to do it. And in regards to stellar woman, I thought, well, you know, as a female, I think we have these innate abilities of being a nurturer and taking care of others. Just taking more time, I think our demeanor and how we, in our patience level or our ability to speak to different levels of people with more care. I think I tune to my audience and so I'll speak differently to different groups. I think those are those are traits and qualities that come from me being a woman and being more in tune with myself and when I need to be the, you know, you know, the maternal uh, strict person or the fun loving person or the, you know, the the caring, I gotta take care of this person. So I think it's it's just, to me, the stellar woman was all encompassing. I just thought it was a beautiful thing that it could be so wide, there's a wide range of women who could be nominated for that and should be nominated mm-hmm. because being a stellar woman 
is so much, there's so much, it's a very broad category. To label it's because you do this one thing, you built this, you know, like a, like a mm-hmm. tool, like this one thing, it's so much bigger than that. And I think, mm-hmm. again, that Relativity does this. It's such an important part of our community and Relativity has been such a big part of our community for so long that it's, I'm just glad that they're giving back and paying mm-hmm. it forward to all the members of the group. I love that more encompassing idea of the Innovation Awards having multiple different categories, multiple categories for people, for the technology that's out there. Obviously, we're in legal tech, so the technology is important, but it's not the only thing. So I I like that recognition of it. And when we won, when you said, oh, it's like one or two people get recognition, I think we had eight people up on the stage because our team was whole, we were all there. And it was like, well, those two people created and then we're like so excited and everybody just ran up on the stage anyway. But I think, you know, expanding it beyond that, you know, not replacing, but adding to it and making it more all encompassing. Mm -hmm. And we actually added this year a new people award for the in-house tech evangelist. Yes. It does take those evangelists to go out and really kind of ring that bell and say, this is out there. Here's how you use it. Why aren't, you know, breaking down barriers? Like, what is it? Is it a mindset situation? Is it a workflow situation? Is it just change? Let me help you. And so those those people really have a lot to do to the success of innovation in their law firms and their in-house and again in our industry. So it does take someone that's just going to, you got to take rejection, right? You got you to, mm-hmm. I, I joke, it's like my Roomba. That when it's trying to get underneath the table, oh, the vacuum, yeah, yeah, the vacuum, yeah, he comes forward, he hits a wall, he backs up, he turns a little bit, he goes forward again, and that's kind of like that. You as an evangelist, you just kind of keep at it and try and find the right formula to hit that thought home with that person that you're talking to. And they're really affected that Roomba. <laughs> and it, it, it vacuums for way longer than uh, any person would. It's sustainable. It's yes. <laughs> a great analogy. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in to part one of Stellar Woman in eDiscovery on the road. Part two will be coming your way soon, and we will talk about why we need to celebrate and elevate leaders in the industry. Please help us spread the word about female leaders in the space making a difference by continuing to listen to the podcast and nominating Stellar Woman at RelativityFest.com. And with that, for Stellar Woman in eDiscovery, I'm Mary Rick Torres, signing off.